0: Alright, what's going on guys? We, uh, we're we having some technical difficulties tonight. We don't have a, a fun intro video for you or anything. And we had some uh, last minute changes, but hey, we're here. So, um, welcome to everybody on the stream tonight. We have my friend Tim Lodgen on. Welcome Tim.
1: Thank you for having me, I
0: appreciate it. Absolutely. Hello Ashley, good to see you. Hey. It feels different without having like all the fun intro music and stuff that that Carl does. I feel like I should have something going on. We should have done like at least a little, some kind of little music or something as like a little. Intro. I don't have all the fun like dance music, electric kazoo. I do have the elect. I do have the electric kazoo, and I need to. I need to. Uh, Hook it I up. To, I need to work on it, you know, because I'm not. I'm not as good as I should be. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it could be better. I need to polish my kazoo skills. I got some other stuff that I'm working on as well. I got a talk box the other day, and I still can't play it very well. But, you know, it is what it is. Progress, not perfection, right?
1: That's right. What's a talk box?
0: Um, I think probably the the most recognizable one that people would know is the intro where they do the California love. That little thing. That's a talk box. Red hot chili peppers. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, come on. Wow. Everybody would know. Everybody would know the sound. Are they? I feel like they should. Maybe you just didn't do a great job. <laughs> well, if it was set up, I would show you guys. But I'm I'm really terrible at it, so I don't want to embarrass myself just yet. Progress. I'm wait till I'm like a little better, and then I'll embarrass myself on the live stream. Okay.
2: All right. You got two weeks one job two, two, two weeks.
0: weeks oh see my wife said daft punk that's another good reference for the talk Box.
1: Ah, there you go yep
0: we'll just make it into like a whole musical show
3: yeah sounds like you need to educate me on some of the music so <laughs> uh
0: yeah i'll send you i'll send you a playlist after the show
3: okay i'll get right on that
0: do it so how's yeah. everybody doing on St. Patrick's Day? I know um, in the past it's been a, a pretty booze-heavy holiday for a lot of us.
1: I honestly didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day until I drove home and I went past the bar and I saw everybody wearing green. I was like, oh, that's today?
0: Yeah, I didn't know this. My my <laughs> wife told me when I woke up this morning. She's like, She reached over and pinched me and was like, it's St. Patrick's Day. I was like, oh, is it? I, I, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, honestly, even though I was an alcoholic, I never really did St. Patrick's Day. Like, right. I never hung, I never hung out at bars. I really didn't. Ne- Thank God, I didn't hang out at bars. I drank home alone, so I never really was the go out to the bar and get shit faced kind of guy. I just, I, I always did it in seclusion.
0: Oh, there's David in the comments asking where where the green's at. I got the green in the background, David. I'm not wearing the green. I got it on the walls.
1: I got a little bit of green in my hat
0: yeah see ashley's slacking where's the green hat ashley oh she's frozen she's frozen you're frozen ashley she'll get it (laughs) (laughs) no worries no worries we're we're, uh you know this is what you get when you have a live show man all kinds of stuff can go wrong and we just kind of roll with the punches
1: that's it that's all you do
0: Awesome, oh. man. Well, if you, if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could kind of kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your story for the people that are watching that don't know who you are.
1: Absolutely. I'll, again, I'm I'm Tim Lodgen, and uh, I survived 27 years of alcoholism and drug addiction, mainly alcoholism. Um, you know, it started at a young age. Well, in high school, it started uh, it escalated in the Marine Corps into my 20s. Uh, I continued to drink up into my thirties into my forties, I'm 45 this year. And, uh, it got to the point where you now I wanted to take my life and thank God, um, it was intervened by my wife and I was able to go to rehab. Um, and it saved my life. I just celebrated one year on the fifth. And um, coming up uh, tomorrow is, what, the 17th? So almost uh, one year and, and two weeks. And it's truly amazing that I'm alive and that I'm sober. I never thought I could go one day without drinking, much less uh, a year and two weeks. And every single day that I'm sober, it it's more important that I stay sober because my addiction gets stronger and it's coming after me more the more days of sobriety i have the stronger my addiction wants to take everything away from me so i have to fight it even stronger every single day and i have to remind myself how precious each day that i wake up sober is and i cannot take it for granted i have to live each day like it's my last day because i've really didn't care about my life i i didn't look at everything that i had i didn't take i didn't take my life seriously um you know i took my family for granted i took my wife for granted i took everything for granted and and for me to be here is truly a miracle. You know, if you're out there suffering with addiction or mental illness, you know, don't be ashamed of of what's going on in your life. Don't think you're alone. Don't think there's no way, no possible way that you could get better. There's no possible way you could recover. I thought that I lost hope And my wife found me in the basement with a rope around my neck standing on a bucket because I thought there was no way out. I thought that my life was going to end as an addict. I am so glad and so grateful that that was the furthest from the truth. I am so grateful that I have been given the gift of sobriety. And I'm not taking it for granted. You know, I, I've said it before, I'm coming for everything that alcohol promised me and took for me. I'm coming for it all. I'm I, I'm I'm going to take this opportunity and, and really try to change others people's perspectives on mental illness and addiction. You know, they, they don't want to talk about it. You know they're ashamed, they're 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 embarrassed, and I was for a very long time too. You know it's funny because I thought that nobody knew. I thought it was a secret that I drank every day, but it was written all over my face, literally. I, I, I my face. I had an alcoholic face. I had alcoholic skin. My liver was three times what it should have been. And I just thought everything was okay. I work the steps. I live my life of recovery. I go to meetings. I actually have a sponsee now that helps me work the steps and understand them in a different way i feel as if i'm obligated to teach him what i have learned over this past year and a lot of people in sobriety you know one year is a great milestone but there's people in sobriety that have told me after the first year is when the work really begins and i'm starting to understand that you know i i just wanted to kind of not get through the first year but prove to myself I could I could do it. And I did it. And now I have more goals in mind for this year. Now, I, I I I really want to write a book on my story. I want to I want to emphasize the word hope to people to, for them to know it don't give up. You know, you never know what's around the corner. You know, you listen to all these successful people, all these millionaires say 99% of the people give up on their hundreds, hundreds, try their, their thousands try when it's that 101, that 1,001 try that makes them successful. And we throw in that white flag and give up not knowing that success is just around the corner that this great life of sobriety and recovery is waiting for us if we just put in the work and not give up on ourselves. I, I'm truly grateful that my wife never gave up on me. There was plenty of times she should have left me, plenty of times she should have kicked me out of my house. And I asked her about six, seven months in my sobriety, why didn't you leave me? And she said, because I love you and I knew you could be the man that I once married. I knew you could turn your life around. I believed in you. I believed in you when I didn't believe in myself. That has kept me so grounded. That has allowed me to understand what blessings my higher power has given me and I can truly see that now. I was so blind to everything that I had through alcoholism and drug addiction. I was so consumed with me. I was so consumed with the addiction that I didn't see what was around me.
3: I think that's such a great point that you were talking, you know, with your wife, I think, you know, there's, so many stories that people didn't believe in themselves and there was somebody else that believed in them when they didn't. And that's like what brought them through a lot of times. And, you know, a lot of times we don't talk about family support and how important having support from different areas is. And I think that's a great point to make because family members are important.
1: They are important. You know, and it's, it's like, I'm so lucky I didn't lose everything because there's a lot of people that lose everything their family, their jobs, their homes. I I I'm lucky. There's no other word for it. I I am I'm one of the lucky ones that didn't lose everything. I was millimeters away of losing it all. I got kicked out of my house. My job was about to fire me. I was right there. And uh I'm blessed. I just really am.
0: We got a a comment a a little while back um, from Roberta that I thought Ashley might be able to answer. I'll go ahead and put it up on the screen for you there, Ashley.
3: My husband was in the Marines, and he's dying of cirrhosis
0: and divorcing, but
3: still supported him and his friend. That's why I came on here to know that people struggle with and how I can assist and support him the best I can. I'm also an PSS, which is a nationally certified peer support specialist. Um, so I need to know how, how do I support my peers. I think that an important part of being a peer is listening and making space for someone. We can't fix anything. We can't change someone else. We can't. But we can love people. We can create space. We can listen to what they need, but it's okay to have boundaries of what you need to. You're important too.
1: Absolutely, that is so true. You know, and um, to to was it Roberto? Yes, I was in the Marine Corps as well, and and you know, I went through a lot of stuff. Um, I did and saw things that normal human beings should not do or see and it affected me mentally, really badly. Um, so badly that in my 20s, you know, I, I found myself with a gun in my lap, contemplating suicide, because I, I just couldn't comprehend the things that I had to do and see. I was lucky to have a support system as from my parents at that time at at such a young age. Um, and, and I have friends who I served with that are still going through that 27 years later and a war is not a normal experience for a human being to go through. It's just not death is something that happens in life, but it's not something you should bring upon somebody in such a violent way. And it it brings a toll on you mentally um, and physically. I, I talk to my friends. I share my experience in hopes that it can help them and, and I always have an open ear to what they have to say. And I try my best to give them the best advice that I can give them. And I, and I love my brothers. I love the people that I've I've served with and, and that we have a, a bond that is unmatched. And uh, the best thing I can say to do is listen, try to give them advice, be there for them. You know hug them if you can hold your hand you know make sure that they know that they're 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 loved and, and they're special and, and there is help out there they need to talk about their experiences they need to talk about what they went through because like in recovery the more you speak the more you get it out there the more it helps you the more it will help them so just be there for them and, and try to help them as best as you can.
3: And and trauma is a hard thing. Um, trauma, PTSD, the things that, that have been seen are, are very hard things. Um, but, but it's understandable sometimes to have to take care of yourself. Like if you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself, you can't save anyone, help anyone if you don't take care of yourself. So, you know, I think that's, as, as a woman, you know, like, like, some traumas you you don't ever get over them. Like sometimes, you know, like, you know, a little time away saves some damage. And I just, I wanna make sure people don't feel bad if they have to take care of themselves too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you you can't take care of anybody else if you're not taking care of yourself first.
3: Definitely broken chains apparel said my nephew is serving in the marines right now
1: oh okay i know them very cool very cool
0: yeah you know a lot of people in in recovery man i've seen you popping up on a lot of different recovery (sighs) podcasts here lately
1: yeah that is a blessing of sobriety my friend um now, I opened up my inbox this morning. I had three people, three requests for me to be on their podcast. I I, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I, I think it's just, it's something that I need to do. It's something that I speak with passion and, and conviction because this isn't, this isn't, uh, excuse me, but this isn't bullshit. This is, this is life and death. and, I'm not going to sugarcoat how bad it was because it was awful. Mm. It was, it was hell on earth, but I'm also here to tell them that you can change that outcome to being some of, if not the best experience of your life. You know, to go to something so dark and deep to something so bright and, and possibilities are endless is absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, and there's just more to come. I remember when I got to my first year, like I I thought like, I don't know it's it's amazing. Like I feel like year one is like, there's a big like shift after year one. And I wanna, maybe like year three or four, there's like another big shift.
2: Really? And then I feel-
3: like it's, I think it's, you do more work, you work on yourself, you you fix some of this stuff and it's like you get deeper into, and sometimes you look like you're a mess when you work, like, I'm not gonna lie. If sometimes, you know, it's, it's messy, but it changes the way you see others, your empathy or, I mean, when I was new in recovery, my first year, I was against Narcan, I was against, you know, like all this stuff, I was like, that was, no the word enabling, like all that stuff. And that's not how I am at all now. So it's, you just, you move past some of the stuff and you, you know, you change, you new behavior, service. Service is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: actually, like uh, like next weekend, I'm actually going down or going up to Philadelphia, PA. And um, I was asked to speak at a park, McPherson Park in front of 300 people. And we're giving out clothes and food to the homeless and talking to people. I saw somebody say something about um their their loved one overdose on fentanyl, and um that's that's one of the topics we're going down there to because in Kensington, Philadelphia, it's one of heroin and fentanyl is is on the rise there, and we're going to speak on that and help those that possibly need the help to get in recovery houses or halfway houses or um, rehabs. Um, I personally don't have the experience with those type of hard drugs. Um, and I, I say that I'm lucky for that because my addictive personality, wow. Um, that would have been, that, that could have been my life ending experience right there. Um,
3: well, unfortunately it's not even just hard drugs now. I mean, if you're buying anything on the street, you, you risk fentanyl.
1: Yeah, right. Everything is, even marijuana is being covered with it now if you're buying it off the street. Absolutely. It's scary. That's It's so scary.
3: And, I, you know, like I said, I was against Narcan at first. And I think it's just important to note that, you know, when you give someone Narcan or when you convince them to take it and with their friends, with people that are using, that gives them a chance to have recovery tomorrow. It's not saying, this is okay. It's, you're worth it. You're, you're worth being here tomorrow. And I think... That's the message a lot of people need to hear.
1: Yeah. And I find that is a common uh, thing with addicts as they, they feel worthless. You know, they, they really do. And um, when we use, we're definitely trying to mask emotions and past trauma and not deal with it, which, you know, it, it, we want to feel numb. We don't want to feel anything. And that compounds as as the more we use because then we feel more worthless. You know, why are we using? We use more. Well, I'm a really piece of crap. You know, it, it just, it's a never-ending cycle.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it's it's shame, guilt. Um, but I think it's important. It, it doesn't matter what you do like you can achieve everything in the world and that doesn't make you better than someone else you can be doing 500 crimes and you know that doesn't mean you're worthless like there's and substances change you they change your brain so give yourself a break sometimes and you know you're worth it i
1: know
3: it's easier said than done
0: but
1: (laughs) but that's great though give yourself a break that is awesome
0: And kind of segueing a little bit, we are doing a giveaway tonight, and it's kind of fitting. Uh, We're doing a giveaway of Victoria's Voice, which is a, I believe it's a memoir slash diary, and it's about a girl named Victoria who unfortunately did overdose and die, and her parents published this book after she passed. So if you guys are interested in entering the giveaway for that tonight, just comment hashtag voice in the comments and you'll be entered for your chance to win a copy of that book.
1: That's very cool. I like that.
3: Yeah, it's so um, when first responders came to our house, she still had a heartbeat. And if they were carrying Narcan, she might be here today. Mm. Oh, wow. So, that's why it kind of ties into.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah, was she young? I didn't know all the details of, of her story. Yeah, I think she was 18 oh my gosh wow
1: well you know they they tell you the statistics when you're in rehab about you know and i remember sitting there and there was about 60 of us in the meeting and the speaker was like look around he's like um 10 of you will be dead by next year and i'm looking around like there's 60 of us he's telling six of us in this room are going to be dead well i just got my one year two almost two weeks ago and four people that I went to rehab with have passed away this this year. It just blew my mind that their statistics were real it, It's so scary.
3: Well, and they didn't tell me that when I went you know five years ago, it was you know you'd be in jail or like there was some other options, but it it's deadly now.
1: yeah, you know I, you know it's. Not only did the four people pass away this past year, but, you know, there was a group of us that kind of bonded in rehab. That We all sat together. We all told our stories. And it was about 12 to 15 of us. And um, as of my one year on the fifth, only three of us are still sober. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, that first year is hard because your it brain is. doesn't make chemicals the way that it used to it takes a while for that to restart um i've lost several friends this year it's been a horrible year um and you know it's isolation it's people not reaching out for help it's getting used to not seeing that person so you don't check on them the way you would if you were seeing them all the time um it's division like everyone's against each other and mad about every it, There's
1: a whole lot of reasons, but. Um, And I think that's what scares me the most is uh, each day that I have sober. the, The shame I would feel if I used again, I think I would become so isolated and so ashamed that I wouldn't want to see anybody that I would use more than I did before. And that would take my life. Because just the shame, I think I would feel, would be immense.
3: Well, I hope you would give yourself a break and realize that people make mistakes. And if anyone out there is listening, it's okay to not be perfect. Um, I know it's a message that we, you know, but guess what? That's why there's chips that, you know, one day, you know, like, it's one day at a time. You get to start over tomorrow.
1: Like it's, it's more important that you're here. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about the fellowships is because they don't judge because people do make mistakes and their biggest thing is just keep coming back. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. And then there's there's no judgment in that. And I think that's really beautiful.
3: Yeah. We need to give ourselves a break and everybody else, you know, life's hard
1: yes it is yes it is yeah, but yeah, the good I, thing about go ahead i'm sorry
0: yeah i was gonna say I, I heard a statistic on another recovery podcast and i can't remember the exact numbers but it was saying i think it's from the ages of 18 to 30 in the u.s drug overdose is now the the number one cause of death and in just the last 12 months it's like 28 percent rise in drug overdose sure. some some kind of crazy number
3: well, here in florida we, there was five or six kids on spring break was it last week and then like two weeks before that there was a couple kids at a high school um so it's you know it's it's everywhere and you know just
1: recovery is possible Yes, it definitely doesn't discriminate. Like you were saying before, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or a sports player, or just, you know, somebody that works at the grocery store. It doesn't care what your job is. It doesn't care what your life is. It it comes to take you and it doesn't discriminate at all.
0: Yeah, it's, it's frightening, man. I'm, I'm so, so grateful that I'm in recovery now, man, because the amount of drugs that i was using like there's i just feel like it would just be russian roulette man like there's there's a good chance that i would be dead if i hadn't gotten clean man like there's just no way as much as i was doing and you know buying from different people like i was at one point i was using so much that one dealer cut me off and so i had to go to a different guy like i was using that much that i was like having to go to different dealers so they're like there's no way, man, like I would, I would most likely be dead. And I'm, I'm so grateful, man, for this new way of life. It it truly is incredible. Just what we can, what we can accomplish when we, when we get clean and sober, man, like life is so, so beyond my wildest dreams right now, man. Like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's that, you know, that's pretty serious when your drug dealer cut you off. Right. <laughs> 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 That's pretty serious, right there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my drug dealer was the local liquor store, and they don't cut you off. They just keep saying, right. Come back, keep coming back, <laughs> keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the money. I'll see you in a couple hours because I know right. you'll be back. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: looks like Ashley's having a little trouble with her video there.
1: Is she in a different state than, than you?
0: Yeah. So Ashley is in Florida. I'm in Texas. And then the other co-host that's usually on Carl, he's in California. So we're all, all across the States.
1: Right. I spoke with Carl last week. I was on, uh, he had me on.
0: Okay. I thought I'd seen, I thought I'd seen where you had been on his show.
1: Yeah. Very cool guy. I like him. You know, he did something for me that really touched me. Um, you know, so he, he was in the Marines, he served in the Marines. And mm-hmm. uh, for my one year, um, we were sitting there talking and he was like, you know, I got this challenge chip from another military member. And he told me to pass this along to somebody else for their one year. If I find somebody that's worthy of the chip and what it was is on the one side, it had a grim reaper and it said, when death smiles at you. You flip it over, said Marine smile back. And uh he said, I want to send that to you for your one year and congratulations. And man, what a what an honor for him to do that for me. Like it's just it touched me so much.
0: Mm, That's awesome, man. That's very cool. Yeah, Carl's a good guy.
1: Yeah, he was very nice.
3: He's good, even though we give him a hard time. We like him.
1: That's what friends do, right? <laughs> That's right. I guess.
3: Yeah, he should be here right now. Carl, where are you?
0: He's in a storage unit somewhere in California.
3: He had one job. Now he's to be here. That's
0: right. <laughs> I can't believe he's not live streaming from the storage unit. What, what's he buying one? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think he just got one, and he had to get a bunch of stuff in there before they closed, and I don't know. He had some vehicle issues and all kinds of different oh, stuff goodness. not going his way.
1: Life happening on life terms. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just how you deal with those life issues that, that that we all didn't used to do. That's You know, it's how we deal with them now.
3: Oh, that's a good topic. So what's one issue and how you would have dealt with it before and how you deal with it today?
1: One issue, um, (laughs) daily life, um, going to work, uh, having to pay bills, having to put food on the table, having to keep the lights on. Um, the most minor things, would get me to drink. It's truly amazing that now that I'm sober, I can look back and, and really tell myself, wow, none of it was that big of a deal. But up here, I made them such a big deal and I justified that to use. I justified that to drink. And through the steps of recovery, I have learned to deal with the smallest things so much easily, easier, sorry. Um, you know, and I never was on a routine. I always kind of flew by the seat of my pants. I always made my decisions on emotions. Um, and now I actually think through processes and I analyze them, and I come up with a solution rather than another problem to that problem. And that's been a huge for me. Um, I don't put things off to the next day or the week after. I try to hit things head on. And for me, that seems to help me be more balanced. Um, it helps me to recognize how I used to Analyze everything that's going on. Um, it's it's made me more of a peaceful person. Um, it's made me more calm all the way around. Uh, my wife will tell you she has to pretty much pull teeth to get me to argue because it's I, I kind of look at things, you know, it's it's not really that big of a deal. So why get myself worked up over it when we can just, solve the problem and move on
3: yeah i agree um yeah i mean when i was using my temper was really short so everything would make me mad now it's just a little bit longer it's still pretty short but
1: (laughs) You know, one of the biggest things I did have to deal with when I came back was I have three daughters. Um, my oldest is 24, then I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, my oldest daughter has seen the best and the worst of her father. And when I came back from rehab after 32 days, um, she didn't want nothing to do with me. She didn't speak to me. She would come in the house and wouldn't even look at me. And that was one of the biggest hurdles I had to get over in my sobriety was trying to reconnect with my oldest daughter and try to have a relationship and I would say to my wife you know why why isn't she talking to me you know why doesn't she want to speak to me and she's like Tim you, you drank and used for 27 years she's 24 You can't expect everything to be fine after a 32-day stint in rehab. You can't expect everything to be fine after six months of of sobriety and going to meetings and working your steps. It wasn't until that ninth month of my sobriety and recovery that I, I picked up my phone one day and there was a message from my daughter. And it said, Dad, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. I just want to thank you for giving me the space I needed to heal because I know you were healing as well. And I just want you to know that I love you and I'm very proud of you. That was one of the biggest gifts I received in my sobriety was the ability to start having a relationship with my daughter. And now we talk, she sends me funny things on TikTok. You know, we we really do have, a better relationship now than i ever could imagine from before
0: i love that and and what michael just commented there michael paddleford Paddleford, i can't talk i'm tongue-tied tonight he said families do recover recover loud
1: yes and that that's a great point because it it, it is the entire family that we Mm -hmm. affect it's Mm -hmm. not just ourselves
0: right but that's something that we don't see in, until we get sober because we're so focused, at least from my own personal experience, I was so focused on me, 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 and fulfilling my own wants and desires that I couldn't see the damage that I was doing to anybody else. Oh, yeah. We're the last ones to see it. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, we I think we the- we see the hurt that we had and we nobody understands what we're going. It's, you know, but we don't see The things that they're suffering with it you know and if we're not talking to them or they're not able to communicate the way they feel because trust has to be rebuilt and Mm -hmm. we didn't lose trust in one night we're not going to get it back in one night and i mean i know when i first got into recovery um you know i was fighting for custody of my kids and um my ex was keeping them from me and all this stuff and I, i didn't think you know there was any chance and someone's like i promise you just keep putting one foot in front of the other you will have everything back and more and I have custody of my kids that you know they're with their dad right now visiting but they're here in Florida the majority of the time and they were right so just one foot in front of the other you never know what you're going to get back
1: that is, that is so awesome I'm happy for you that's great thank you yeah that's huge and you know that that's That's exactly what my friend said to me when um, he got me into rehab. He's like, go to rehab. I promise you everything that you've lost, you'll get back 10 times fold. He was like, it just takes time. And he was absolutely right. You know, everything that's been happening to me this year has been beyond what anybody could have told me would happen in, in sobriety. It's really been an amazing experience and I don't, dwell on the fact that my story of addiction was 27 years long because now I realized that that's what I had to go through in order to be as grateful as I am for everything that I have, because I wasn't ready before and I wouldn't have taken it this seriously. And I wouldn't have realized the gifts that I've had in my life and I wouldn't cherish them as much.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how grateful you can be for, I mean, I've told the story a million times, but it's like, you know, you, you have, your sponsor makes you write what you're grateful for and, or let them know. And then you're like, have a hard time finding one or two things at the beginning. And then like, the longer you do it, it's like, you have all these things and it's, then it takes you 20 minutes to think of them all. And then there's no way you could name them all. And then it's like, I have air conditioning. I am really happy and grateful. Like, it's like everything is, <laughs> it changes the way you see everything.
1: Yes, your perspective changes so much. It's awesome. Yeah. The fact that, that you said that, yeah. I was at the gym the other day and uh, this, this girl came up to me. I was like, how are you doing today? And she's like, oh, I had to go to work today. I had to come to the gym. I still got to go home and, and, and make dinner. And I'm like, if you change one word in that sentence, I said, everything changes. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, you get to go to work, you get to go to the gym and you get to go home and make dinner for your family. I was like, so many people don't have a job. So many people don't have a family and some people are not physically able to do exercise to take care of themselves. I said, "You you are blessed and you should be grateful. And she just looked at me like, what the hell just happened? And I kind of <laughs> smiled and just walked away. And I was like, I know she thought about that after I walked away.
0: Mm, yeah, it, it is, it is amazing. Just the perspective changes that we get throughout our recovery. And, and I feel like as we continue in our recovery, we get different perspective changes on, on so many different aspects, man. Or I guess another, another term that they use in the rooms would be a spiritual awakening. You know, I feel like I've had several of those throughout my journey. You know, I've had spiritual awakenings around gratitude and, and just seeing like you're talking about just, just the, the gifts that we have, like I can walk and I can, you know, I'm employed. I have food to eat. Like all these things that we take for granted, air conditioning in Texas, that's a must. Like (laughs) I, I I've, I've had I've gone like a week where our air conditioner has been broken and and you know when that comes back on that's when we have that gratitude and I feel like that's in a <laughs> lot of things that's a lot of things though if you think about it like things that we don't even think about that we take for granted and when they're gone we realize it like um you know just if your internet's ever gone out, like I know that's not an essential. I mean, it kind of is nowadays. I mean, we do so many things on the internet. Your internet goes down for a day or two and when it comes back on, you're so grateful to have that back, but you don't even think about it. You walk up to a light switch and flip it on and the lights come on. You don't think about having electricity. It's just, you just expect it to come on. There's so many things that we take for granted and that we expect to have and to work. Then we don't ever think about, them until we don't have them.
1: That is so true. Absolutely. Uh, It's little, little things that matter.
3: Well, I think that's why, you know, there's good and bad. You can't appreciate the good without the bad. So Mm. the bad stuff Mm -hmm. stinks, losing that stuff stinks. But then when you get it back, you appreciate it. And if you never got the chance to appreciate it, everything would just be like, you, you know, there'd be no joy
1: right yeah that's a very good way to look at it absolutely oh you're welcome buddy glad you liked it Michael. <laughs>
2: yeah. and i
3: think it's great you know like especially uh, like when i try- oh
0: and she's gone <laughs> And she's gone. gone. <laughs> that was crazy.
1: Oh, well, she's having some difficulties tonight.
0: Yeah, maybe she'll be be grateful when she's able to rejoin the stream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. How how have you been doing?
0: You know what, man i've I've been doing all right. I'm I'm trying to find that place of gratitude. I've I've been in a place here in the last couple of weeks where I've been very ungrateful and very. Uh, very frustrated with how things have been going at work and so forth. And I'm trying to find that place of gratitude. Hey, welcome back. Are you grateful for your internet connection, Ashley?
3: I did. I'm grateful that I have two wireless routers. I changed wireless ones because now I've been kicked off three times and third time's a charm. So let's see how this goes. You foreshadowed my internet crashing.
0: (laughs) I did no such thing. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, I like that
1: she said practice to pause. That's. I'm crazy. bad at that.
0: Mm. I'm awful at the pause. Yeah, that's yeah that's a skill. It takes practice. Yeah, I've that actually really
1: been doing practice. the uh, count count the five before oh, you no. say yeah.
3: I get to about a half.
1: Do you really? No, not, well, I don't know. I don't try to count. <laughs> 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 I'd probably get madder. Oh, well, like you said, it's not perfection, right? Yeah.
3: There's tons of things I'm good at. Calmness is not always one of them.
1: Well, we always have something to work on. We always do. And that's what makes us better because we continue to work.
0: Mm, It's true. It's true. I was talking with another guy in recovery earlier today. And, uh, it was Jason Rudine. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little name drop. <laughs> he was on the show uh, a few weeks back and he was talking about, you know, he just, just got a little over two weeks off of cigarettes. And we were talking about, you know, now he's vaping. I've been vaping for a while. It's like you, you get one addiction kicked and then it's like, there's always, there's always something else, man. There's always, a, and there's always room for improvement.
1: I I am guilty of that. I actually never smoked before in my entire life. And I picked up a vape in rehab. Um, I I had a bad situation in rehab. I'm not going to go into it, but I didn't like this person in rehab and my anger kicked in Mm. and my emotions kicked in and I wanted to physically harm this person. And um, somebody came over to me and she she was like, here, hit this vape. I'm like, I don't smoke. She's like, just hit it. It will calm you down. So I did it like two or three times. I was like, okay. I said, I I get it. And uh, now it's been a year and I've been using it. And I told myself on my one year I would stop, but this thing is actually starting to go up. I go to use it and it doesn't come on sometimes. It doesn't charge sometimes. So when it is done, it's done. I'm not going to go buy another one. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that.
3: Well, I'm not ready to give up my diet coke yet, so if, <laughs> there's no judgment, if you know, for me.
1: Right, right, right. And I'm you know, the hardest.
3: one, one day I'm gonna do it, and I'm not gonna plan it because you plan it, you stress. So I'll, I'll never get to try that again. Or what if I do? Like, nope.
0: One day I might flavor. get rid of it. Yes. Oh no,
3: and, not yeah, diet just, coke.
0: Just just regular diet coke.
3: Straight rat poison is the best yeah. flavor. Yes, I've tried yeah. diet
0: coke a couple times, and I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not a diet coke fan.
3: Yeah, that bitter aspartame taste—that's where it's at.
0: Uh, so I, I do diet Sprite.
3: Yeah, Sprite Zero is not bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I do it specifically because I drink water all day. And uh for my dinner I gotta have some taste. I can't just drink water with everything. And the Sprite Zero's got zero calories, zero sugar, it's got zero everything, and, and that's kind of my treat for the day. So I'll take it.
0: I've been doing a lot of the sparkling water. That's a new a new one for me. But I'm I'm a, I'm a Texan. I gotta have my my Dr. Pepper and my sweet tea, man.
1: Oh, that's my daughter. Love Dr. Pepper and Sweet Tea all day long.
0: Uh Dr. Pepper. It's so
1: good. Mm. I'm with you, Ashley. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Mm-mm-mm. That that or root beer. I can't do root beer. No, no. That's gross too. I love root beer. There's something too. about that. Uh. Mm-hmm. you like can... that too, you said
0: Brett? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love uh, root beer. I can uh, taste I can... it you talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but there's so many there's so many varieties of root beer. No, I've I've gone into it a little bit. Like there, it's almost there's almost as many varieties of root beer as there are like uh, IPAs or something. Like there's a whole subculture of people that are like root beer connoisseurs. Okay,
3: there's a hobby for everything, isn't there? Um, (laughs) There
0: sure is. There's more power to them. (laughs) Oh, my wife is in the comments posting. Throw up emojis about Dr Pepper. She's not a fan, but she's also not a Texan, so okay. It's in my blood. See, that's good. Good.
1: Is that is that big down in Texas? Yes. Okay. okay.
0: It is a it is a staple. It was made in Texas originally, and it's it's a staple here.
1: Okay, did not know that. <laughs> I lived in Texas for
3: five years, so. I understand Texans a little bit.
1: Okay. But I've never been that far south.
0: It's like, so it is south, another right? World. Mid, mid different, different world. Another world. For, for sure. Okay. We're a very prideful people.
1: Yeah, yeah everything's I like, bigger. I, I like your laws on, on, uh, on... I don't know if it's eye for an eye, but I like the laws down there for, you know... Concealed carry and, and all that kind of good stuff.
0: I'm with yeah, that. You don't you don't even have to have a permit anymore. You can carry anything, pretty much. Swords, long guns, what? pistols. Yeah. Well, that's pretty crazy. It's the wild west <laughs> down here, man.
1: Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it just went, went into effect a few months ago.
1: Wow, okay. Hey, up here in Maryland, you have to... The only way you can have a concealed carry is if you uh, own a business, and you you would have um, large amounts of money on you, like going back and forth to the bank for deposits.
3: So if you're a drug dealer, you can have a gun.
1: That's like law sounds. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that doesn't apply to them. You know, they can do what they want.
3: Large amounts of money, right?
1: Right, making deposits all day long.
3: You can here. You can do like carry gun fishing. Like if you're say you're going fishing or coming back, you don't have to have a concealed. Um, I don't know all the gun laws. I've never touched a gun, so I'm not gonna act like an expert. But
2: okay, to you never. Republican state.
3: Nope, never. Not even picked it up.
0: Well, come come uh, come over for a little field trip or something. Road trip. We'll no, I'm scared. not.
3: I'm not scared of them or anything. I just. I don't
1: know. It's not my thing. Since we're talking about that, that's one thing that sobriety has allowed me. Um, My wife now feels comfortable for me to own a a weapon where for so many years um, I couldn't have one in the house Mm. because she just didn't know what I would do with it, how I would use it, and rightfully so. Um, My anger, my irritability, my mental status um she had every right to do that and just recently within the last two or three months she was like you know what i feel comfortable with getting something for the house for home protection again and um i don't think i have to worry about you now and that was just so awesome to hear that from my wife
0: that's awesome man and i i agree i don't think i really had a whole lot of weapons when i was using which is probably for the best I was pretty unpredictable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially for me. I I mean, I I have a a very. I have a short temper. Um, Not recently, not over this past year. I have learned the word patience, which is a something I'm really grateful for because I've never had patience before in my life. Um, but yeah, it's. one thing that i that they said in rehab they were asking if uh is anybody here road ragers did you get you get mad driving and i was like oh yeah you know I, I i definitely get mad at people driving and the one one thing the man said was you know that person that cut you off did you ever think that they just got a phone call and their mom passed away mm-hmm. or their daughter or son was in a car accident and they're going to the hospital and he said no nine out of 10 times, that person's probably just an asshole. But, <laughs> but there's a chance that that person just got some bad news and he's just trying to get home to his loved ones. Mm. He's like, so just focus on yourself, get where you have to go and don't let those type of things bother you. And I've had to use that a couple of times on the road, a hundred percent. But the fact that he instilled that, you know, in my mindset that I think about that now and I don't just react has really helped me to stay calm and, and more patient. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good tip, man. I, I spend a lot of my day driving and I get pretty irritated at times. It's it's easy to do. Uh, yeah, it definitely is.
3: I think that's what I curse the most probably is when I'm driving.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure.
3: Technology and driving. Those are the two things that surf of use. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I stopped commenting on other people's posts. Um, they quickly turn into ar- unnecessary arguments for no reason, because at one point it just goes to who's right and who wants to get their point across. And the topic in which you were discussing completely goes out the window.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, man. I don't, I don't talk politics on social media. I don't, Anything that I know is gonna be an argument I just avoid. <laughs> yep. Especially on social media. There's I mean, how many times have you ever seen someone get into a political argument and by the end of it, like in the text thread, they've changed their mind? Never. I've never no. seen that happen. So it's like why why even try?
1: The, they, at that point they're just they just want to get their point across and then and then the name calling starts because that always happens. And you're not even talking about the topic at hand. You're just back and forth calling each other names. Uh, It's just like, what the hell just happened?
3: Yeah. it's Moms do that to each other, too. Like, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, mom groups and stuff, but, I mean, they'll bash each other for a picture of their, you know, child with seatbelt just off a little bit instead of educating them, you know, another mom and saying, hey, do you know that this is dangerous if you do it this way? Can you, you know, hear you know you can educate someone and change them, but as soon as you come at them a certain way, they've stopped listening Sorry. and moms are mean to each other and it's it's so sad because it's a hard job you know you need support you need some some other people that know what they're doing because you feel like you don't know what you're doing half the time and
0: I mean that's anywhere though I see it I see it on recovery groups and stuff where people are arguing about. 12 step versus you know a different program or i mean pretty much any, it's just like we were talking about you know there's a hobby for everything there's a there's an argument for everything too it doesn't matter what it is there's always going to be an opinion that's negative and yeah there's yep. going to be an opinion
1: yeah I, I actually got in my first argument at recovery at a recovery group last week and um And the gentleman was like, I haven't seen you during the week. Why don't you come to the 6.30 p.m. meetings? And I'm like, well, because I'm working. And Mm -hmm. um, by the time I get home, I go to the gym. Then I come home and I eat dinner with my family. I go to my meetings on the weekends. I go to one on Saturday and two on Sunday. And and for me, it kind of like ends my week. And then Sunday begins me for the next week. So it kind of like it it gives me – it's a good balance for me. And that's what I told him. I said, it just works for my schedule now. And he was like, well, there's weekend meetings suck. You, you need to come to the meetings during the week because that's the cool meetings. And that's, and
2: hmm.
1: I, I'll just see you when you relapse. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, what works for you doesn't work for me. What works for me doesn't work for you. I was like, it works for my recovery. It works for my schedule. And it keeps me balanced, mind, body, and spirit. So that's what I'm going to continue to do.
3: Yeah.
1: And it's
3: good that you're at a place where you can say that. You know, so many people would hear that and feel either mad or worthless or, you know, like so many different things. It's so sad.
1: You know, like. I, I was that close. And that and that little think 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 popped in my mind and i it's funny because you know when you go in and you see all the things written on the walls think 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 keep it simple stupid like all these little things count to five and when you first get in you're like man what? Are, what's all this crap on this wall <laughs> like really like there's fifty thousand things on this wall and then it almost becomes programmed in your mind and when you need it it's there and it mm-hmm. really does work it's pretty amazing
3: Does it work if you work it? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yes. If you work it, it works. Imagine that. It's like I have bipolar and the medicine works when I don't have drugs and alcohol in me. It never worked before and i always wondered why, but now I know it's because I don't have drugs and alcohol in me that the medicine actually can do what it's supposed to be doing.
3: Yeah, I love all this. There's there's a slogan for everything or a saying for everything in recovery we're we're saying people
0: yeah i feel like i've talked about it i've talked about it uh twice today already because i i talked with with jason earlier and then i was talking with carl and uh, i was listening to a different recovery podcast yesterday and they were talking about the think 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 sign and uh the guy was telling the story and he said you know i i never understood that and so i asked my sponsor what, what's with this sign that says, think, think, think? Why does it say it three times in a row? And he said, my sponsor told me it's because my first thought is wrong, my second thought is wrong, and my third thought might be right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought that was brilliant. I'd never heard that.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Now, I like my sponsor because he's hes you know, he's not a not a drill instructor. He's like, I'm gonna teach you what worked for me. You know what I mean? He goes, I'm not gonna tell you what to do either it's because people with addictions don't like being told what to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, we always like to be in control in some way, shape or form. He said, so I'm gonna show you what works for me that has kept me sober for 39 years. And I'm like, I love that. That's so awesome.
2: Yeah,
3: I think it's important right. You know, like what you said is when you give someone a choice, a lot of times they want to choose to do the right thing. They want to choose to improve. But when you tell them they have to, they feel like they're in jail or they feel like they're forced. But when when you give someone the option, more times than not, they'll choose, you know, the better option. Not
0: always, but most of the time.
1: Yeah, but like you said, it's it's having that choice that's a, that's a big deal it really is
0: mm-hmm. yeah and to me i've always felt this sense of rebellion like from from probably like preteen, even now in my 30s like i i have this just this sense of rebellion in me man i don't know if that's addiction or what that is but you know that i think that drew me to like punk rock and stuff when i was younger and even today i still listen to it but just like you know just like that standard stick it to the man kind of stuff like <laughs> there's just something in me that i I hate authority and i want to be rebellious anarchy
3: right? i feel that way too i can be it could be what i want to do and someone tells me you need to do this oh it's off like yep,
1: yep, that's not cool.
3: happening anymore uh-huh. And I'm going to make sure you know that it's not happening too.
1: <laughs> I, can, I can relate 100%. I can definitely can relate to that. Now that you said that, I've done that plenty of times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you
3: know. I, have rem- I have to remember that as a parent. I'm like, how do I feel when I'm being told what to do or be lectured? Like, okay, that doesn't work for me. It's not going to work for them. Let me try something different. And, let me- and I, I still don't get it right all the time, but at least... You know, you recognize, hey, this definitely doesn't work. Let's try something that might.
1: Yes. And that's good that you understand that and you recognize that.
0: I'm just going to log that one away because I I haven't gotten to that point in parenting yet because she doesn't listen. She's not old enough to really. Oh, they don't ever start know. listening.
2: Don't worry. <laughs> no.
0: Good to know. Good to know.
1: Things nope. change, but not that much. Nope, nope, nope. Nah. I'm actually lucky. I have my girls are really good. My my oldest one is is a female version of me, so she's done what she's always wanted to do, regardless of what we told her. But our middle one, like a month ago, she's like, "Can I die, can I um, dye my hair pink?" And we're like, "No." She's like, "Okay, no problem." And because she did that, and she didn't go behind her back and do it, we let her do it last week. You know, just because she asked and she didn't just do it. And when we said no, she said, okay, no problem. Like she accepted the answer and we were like, you know what? Thank you for being, for doing that and not going behind our back. Better
2: than me.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I would, I would have done, I would have done it.
3: (laughs) Me too. It would have been hot pink. If you said no pink, it would have been bright, bright, bright pink
1: yep and i did it i did it in middle school my mom said i couldn't dye my hair blonde i went and got sun in from the cvs down the street and i put my hair in and i had orange hair for three months because it didn't <laughs> turn blonde
0: hey, there's nothing wrong with a little orange <laughs> right right i didn't get to that tint
1: i wanted because I, I have dark hair but i did it anyway you know and she said i couldn't get my ears pierced i went and pierced my ears by myself you
0: know yeah, yeah. My dad told me not to stretch my ears, and then here I am with one inch holes in my ears. Yeah, you got cages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he also told me I'd never get a job with him, and I've been employed my entire adult life. So, oh, there you go.
3: See, that's smart parenting. Let's bet on you doing something not good so that you do something good. Yeah, told you you would never get a job, so you won't, had to prove him wrong.
0: That's right. I'll show you, Dad. <laughs> I got a real job.
3: And I'm going to work every day because he said I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the old reverse psychology. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. As long as it's in a positive way.
3: So what's one thing you do differently now than you did before, Brett, and how you react to stuff?
0: Oh. Oh. You're putting the spotlight on me tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like that. We're supposed to ask the guest questions. Well,
3: we already asked him,
2: so we're I'm
3: bringing you into
2: this.
0: <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a great question, I, and it's hard to answer. I mean, I feel like my life is completely different than it was. I mean, it really, truly is like a 180 from from what it was before. I mean, just like we were talking about rebellion and doing the opposite of what we're told, and you know, just living that life of self centeredness and not caring about anyone else around me not caring about the harm I would cause you know not not even considering other people's feelings or emotions or anything like that to a place where I still don't do it a hundred percent but like I think of other people a good percent of the time I'm definitely not perfect I still have my moments of self-centeredness and assholeness um, but it's a lot better than it was you know and and you know, kind of going back to the beginning of the episode, finding that place of gratitude, you know, here in the last week or so, I've been in a pretty ungrateful place where I've been angry and bitter and not in a great mental place. But, you know, for the most part, I tend to have a pretty positive outlook on life. And before I was always the negative person, you know, looking at all the, the bad things, looking at everything that was going wrong, throwing my own pity parties and you know, today for the most part, I'm a pretty, uh, pretty positive, upbeat person. That's grateful most of the time.
3: Well, I'm grateful that you're grateful most of the time. So now you have to tell me five things you're grateful for, five so that we can. be
0: grateful for. Oh man, are you uh-huh. my sponsor now? Nope. <laughs> Do I need to call Ernesto and tell him that that he's been replaced?
3: No. Man, girls can sponsor guys. But, that's right <laughs>
0: I've seen it happen a few times it's Never not allowed
2: right. <laughs> in not way, way that recommended.
0: I've done not recommended but I've definitely seen yeah. it happen a few times uh, five things I'm grateful for All right. I'm grateful for my wife I'm grateful for my daughter I'm grateful for my job that I almost quit on Tuesday because I was so pissed off <laughs> I'm grateful to have a house and I'm grateful that when this live stream is over I will have food to eat Boom, five.
3: There you go. Good job. How do you feel now? You feel a little more grateful? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hey, Ashley, Uh, it's your turn now. Yeah.
0: All right.
3: What are you going to ask me?
0: The same question. Same thing. Five things you're grateful for.
3: Okay. I'm grateful that I can feel things, good and bad. Mm. I am grateful that I am learning how to use my voice and advocate for myself. I need to, I am grateful that I'm living life on life's terms. I'm grateful for all the amazing people in my life and I'm grateful for my friends and family that should have been higher, but you know, my deeper stuff came first. So sorry.
0: Nice. And really cool. what, how does your life look different today than it did? I can't remember exactly how you phrased that question. How's your life How I now? Hmm.
3: Well, I'm going to use some stigmatizing language on, so forgive me. Um, when I was being crazy before, I didn't recognize that I was being crazy. Now when I'm being crazy, I can recognize it and fix it. Sometimes I fix it before I get there. Sometimes I recognize, you know, that's not a healthy thought pattern. Um, but like, you know, chaos, when you're living in chaos, everything's chaos. And mm. so, you know, it's just life's not like that anymore.
0: I'm grateful for that, too.
1: Awesome. Good, answer. good answer. That is a really good answer.
0: All right, Carl, your turn. We're going to have to give him a hard time that he's now missed <laughs> two consecutive weeks that he has missed uh... the live stream. He's got to go. That's it. <laughs> how many how, no. many how many consecutive weeks can you miss before you're not a co-host anymore?
3: No, we're not kicking him off because, no, the opposite of addiction is connection. He's got to connect. Mm. So how are we going to make him connect?
0: Uh, you want to leave some
3: comments? Let's Let's get him back. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fill up the comments with love for Carl and how much we're missing him. That's a good idea. We can send him him screenshots that the the, the people have spoken. They want you back, Carl. That's right. He is loved and missed. You need to prioritize the live stream. No. And we hope that you choose to come back because. Mm, Yeah, we're not going to tell him he has to come back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That is key. That is the key.
3: Carl, please come back. We miss your voice, your radio voice
0: does he does have a good radio voice
1: Uh, he does doesn't he huh yeah i noticed that when i talked to him he does he does speak very well on the radio on the uh podcasts
0: he definitely (laughs) has the personality for broadcasting
3: the great thing is too is we're also different like we have different like interests and different knowledge and different personalities so it's like when there's different people on the show each sometimes it's a different person that connects with them. And so, like, you know, having his voice here, you know, we miss his voice.
1: Right. You guys guys gel together.
0: We do. We do. We're the three (laughs) stooges. The three amigos. Oh, there. Yeah.
3: Where's Jr. tonight? We haven't... heard about any of our jobs
0: he was in the comments at the very beginning of the episode Hmm. children don't come with manuals that is very true
3: and then dr spock and all that stuff that they used to think was like the bible was totally not right either so even if there is a manual it's probably wrong
0: Right, so I'll ask you guys, I'll put both of you on the spot. Since I'm an, a newer parent, my my daughter is one, uh, and you guys have children that are a little bit older, what kind of advice would you give to a newer parent? Obviously, like Ashley mentioned, don't tell them to do things. Use the, the reverse psychology on them. What else would you recommend?
1: One's re- Okay, so you're talking about in the future or right now?
0: Both. Either.
1: Well, I have a, uh, I have a three year old grandson. So I could kind of relate to the younger, younger uh, child. Um, Show them love, you know, compassion, let them let them know that they're loved and cared for. Um, Don't yell at them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's huge, because that actually brings on anxiety um panic you know that they, they, they feel that tension in their bodies and, and they'll could they'll grow up you know like if somebody yells it will, it will affect them the order they get so you know i don't <clears throat> i don't spank i don't hit. i've never hit any of my kids i've never spanked any of my kids um i grew up a different way my mom beat my ass my dad did too um and I never liked it as a child and I remember that still to this day so it always made me realize you know just correct them in a proper manner show them you know don't don't say you're stupid you know say what you did wasn't a good wasn't a good idea you know um and you know, just should Show them respect as you would want done to you. Mm. you know I, I don't yell at my kids anymore. I did when I was drinking a lot. Um, now if they have an issue, or if they have a problem, I like to talk, talk talk with them and come up with a solution and let them know that I care. And um, you know I just try to I just try to be a better person all the way around with my children. I try to understand them more now. I try to know what they're going through. I mean, as a toddler, it's kind of hard. And now now you're just trying to guide them and make sure they're safe and make sure they're fed and make sure they're loved and just try to continue that.
3: Yeah, my two pieces of advice would be read to her, you know, from as, you know, now, you know, even the, you know, because those, you know, the brain's making all these connections and it's super important to, you know, get that going, um, to give them the best chance. Um, And then also, I would say, especially having a daughter is, you know, teach her that she's beautiful, teach her that um, to value herself, teach her that, you know, that outfit doesn't make you look chunky, you look beautiful, like, it's okay, you know, like, there's a lot of, you know, life things that you know and there's nothing worse for a girl to to grow up to not have self-esteem and it's so that's so important but but that doesn't mean let her grow up to be entitled and you know you you can call her out on her bs but (laughs) let her let her learn how to use her voice too
0: Mm. thank you both for that that's good advice Good stuff. Should we do the uh the book giveaway? Yeah. I like giving stuff away. I do too. I do too. Winner of Victoria's Voice is Heather Connolly. Yay, and
3: Heather!
0: Congratulations to Heather.
1: Congratulations.
0: She is one of the admins on the Facebook group.
1: And she's
3: 34. amazing.
0: She's amazing.
1: Awesome. I'm gonna have to uh, send me uh, how to how to get that. I like to pick that up myself. I'll even take a look at that.
0: Absolutely.
1: I like to try to... That's one thing I have picked up in my sobriety is reading more.
0: Um, Well, if you're looking for books in the recovery realm, Ashley Grimes is your shaman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Last week's guest, you gave him a whole list of of books to read.
3: Yeah, a whole shelf just of recovery books. That's one whole shelf. And it's like... It's not just one row. It's like two rows deep. That's my wow. recovery
2: shelf. I,
0: I also have a shelf of recovery books, but I've only read about half of them. I'm good. Okay. I'm good at buying recovery books. I'm not good at reading <laughs> recovery books. Well, I was there's thinking. another
3: one. These are just ones that are within reach right now. They're not on the shelf. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I, I, can, I can grab a recovery book that's not on the shelf. Okay, it's the the stigma, the destigmatizing language workbook that I was telling you about the other day, Ashley. Oh. Oh. Someone. Cool.
3: Someone's doing some work.
0: Yeah, I've already mm. read it cover to cover. Oh, was it eye opening? Oh, nice. It was good. It's a it's a short it's a short read. You can do it pretty quickly. So okay. so what's one one term
3: that stigmatizing that you didn't realize or that you hear being used a lot
0: um that's a good question i hear the word crackhead thrown around an awful lot (laughs) even if it's not in reference to someone that is using crack i feel like that's just a term that a lot of people use um there's also a really interesting scenario and you know i've gone through that as well where somebody describes an object like I think the example in the workbook was talking about, you know, like being at a family dinner and someone describing a dish is like, Oh man, that's as good as, you know, fill in the blank, whatever drug, like, you know, just kind of how some people can throw around those terms just, you know, without even thinking about the other people that are around them. And I, I still struggle with the whole stigmatizing language topic as well, you know, cause I, I, come from a 12 step background and we use what is considered stigmatizing language in our literature and in our meetings and stuff. So I still kind of struggle with the whole stigmatizing language. Like I see, like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I understand that it might be harmful. And then on the other hand, I'm like, you know, just toughen up. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it at times. 50, 50. Yeah. I see the benefits of it but at the same time if i want to call myself an addict or an alcoholic like i'm going to
3: right that's so funny because somebody told me that the other day like i was like he asked me what do you say and i said i'm a person in long-term recovery
0: you're one of those (laughs) (laughs) sorry
1: (laughs) you're one of those people
0: (laughs) yeah and i was thinking about that too i was like yeah i'm in long-term recovery but if it's a if it's a just for today program, like you know, my brain, oh, I I overanalyze stuff too.
3: Well, I think it's different when you say it about yourself. I mean, it's still considered stigmatizing language, but it's you can refer to yourself as anything you want to refer to yourself as. Yeah. But if it's if you're going to a population like or group that's not likely to get help, or you're you know going into a community that already stigmatizes. You know, you don't Absolutely. wanna further that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely have to be careful of what you say around people. You know, you don't know you don't know what somebody else is going through. You really don't. And you don't know how they're gonna perceive what you're saying.
3: Yeah. And you don't want them to think that way about themselves, like if it's something that's gonna keep them from getting help, if it's gonna make them feel shame.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: you have a bird or, or is it
2: like
3: a chair? I, I hear like a... Oh, uh,
1: it might be my foot. Oh, okay. heard, I, I, I'm, I'm actually up in my grandson's room and there's all kind of like stuffed animals and he's got his little toy right here. I think my foot <laughs> hit it. It's the only place that's quiet in this house. Like if I go downstairs, there's kids running everywhere. He's playing with his trains, TV's on, my daughter's on her cell phone, my other daughter's on her iPad or watching something on YouTube. And uh, anytime I do podcasts, I come upstairs, I shut the door and it's nice and quiet. It's nice and relaxing.
3: <laughs> you might pretend you're doing a podcast even if you're not, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't thought of that yet, but that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I come, up, I come up here and read or something.
0: Yeah, don't say My that daughter got
1: this really cool, she got me this really cool journal. It says, get server, write about it and tell the world. And I've been writing it here. And uh, I've been finding time for myself to write down certain things that I've, you know, just came across, things that really touched me. And and, uh, so I I found that to be very uh, healing and um, positive in my recovery.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Another one of our, like, sayings or jokes is that you either write a book or you go back to school and when you're in recovery. So you said you wanted to write a book? yeah there you go
1: i and, and and she get, when she handed me this i'm like i'm looking out I'm like it's got about 200 pages i was like i'm gonna have this full by the end of the year
0: oh you're getting me in trouble with the wife i'm on her side whatever
3: the fight is i'm on her side
0: <laughs> sorry brett oh Podcasts take time. I've tried to explain it to her. It's a time-consuming hobby.
2: Just
3: like men in the bathroom, they say women take a long time in the bathroom.
1: Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty quick. I take my shower. Or I get out. I'm efficient. Like, I'm there. You go. I'm efficient. I do what I have to do, and then I get out. I don't. I don't take a shower till the till the hot becomes cold. Like, it's just unnecessary for me. I But I'm I'm always on the go. A lot
3: of people go in the bathroom with their phone and, you know, like, that's her escape.
1: Yes. That's, that's my wife. Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, you okay in there? Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at the hundredth TikTok today. I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, there's three other people that have to be in the bathroom and she's in there playing on her TikTok.
3: That's probably the first time in years she's, able to go to the bathroom without somebody in there with her i mean
1: it, it is actually yeah it is you know one of those uh, things that she's grateful for now <laughs> that's a You've got your wife back too
0: yes that's yeah. a topic that i would like to have on an episode either here or on my podcast that i've thought about and i haven't found a guest for uh, technology addiction i think that would be a good one
1: Yes, because that We're is so
0: connected. rampant. Oh, ah. everybody is, man. I'm guilty of it. I'm on TikTok. I have a couple of games that I play on my phone and, you know, scrolling through social media and I I turned off for a little while. I had it where it would show like the productivity and it would show you how much time you spend on every app. And I turned that off for a while because it was kind of depressing and I've turned it back on again. And... You know, it makes me sad sometimes when I look at it and see how much time I've wasted staring at my phone.
3: And looking at my productivity on my phone.
0: And, yeah, you no. Know. I've, spent, I've spent 25 minutes on TikTok today, which is no. actually, I feel like, not that bad compared to some days.
3: You're really looking at the data about the data.
0: Yes. Which you is, understand this, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the data about the data, which is making the data increase. right yes yes yeah you're playing right into their hand. i understand that okay i'm, about, I'm curious I, I, i'm curious i have to
1: know. Yeah, i think my mine is kind of i think it might have gone up a little bit because at work i have to work so i'm a carpenter i don't have time to be on the phone i'm i'm up and down doing stuff but when i get home at the end of the day um i'm definitely on it yeah f- yep. until Same. i go to sleep like i'm definitely like checking things out and uh, like the other day I looked and it said four hours and I'm like, there's no way I worked for eight hours today, but on my way home, I play Pandora. So I don't know if that counts as being yeah, on the does. phone. Okay. If that makes sense. That's an hour ride home. And then I go to the gym for an hour and a half and I'm listening to Pandora there. So I was kind of like, there's no way I'm on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok for four hours. Cause there's just no possible, I'm trying to do the math, but now that makes sense.
0: Yeah, mine's the same because I, I typically listen to podcasts while I'm at work. So my numbers will be astronomical. But okay. I'm same, man. Like, i like I don't really use my phone at work because I have a separate work phone that I have to log all my calls and stuff on. So I don't really use my personal phone a lot at work. Like uh, whenever that was that we had the the social media blackout for like a day, my cousin or somebody texted me like, um, Facebook's down. Instagram's down. I was like, I haven't even looked at either though Like, I had no idea until somebody told me. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm at work. I don't, I don't know that Instagram's down. Yeah, I'll have I friends do have that. One. No, Nope. I
3: have an Instagram.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I I just opened a TikTok like last week because my wife. I, every time I look over there, she's over there laughing her ass off. I'm like, what's so funny? She's like, these people on TikTok, it's just so crazy. And I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I can get into this because half of it I just don't relate to. No, there's I a just...
0: whole there's a whole niche of recovery TikToks. There is.
3: But okay. I still have a TikTok either. I linked
0: The show has a page. The Recovery Revolution Live has a TikTok page. Okay. So anybody that's watching that is on TikTok, which is pretty much everyone minus Ashley. Search right. for Recovery Revolution live on TikTok and follow us. We do little clips from the show. You some could email them me. Are serious. Some of them are funny. It's a variety of different clips from the show.
3: I've never been on there, so I can't tell you what it looks like.
0: It's
1: it's different.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've seen videos from TikTok, but I'm, you know, never been on Recovery Revolution's TikTok.
0: Well, they, they have their own kind of algorithm and the more of a certain type of video you like, the more of that kind of video they'll show you. So my wife has like a bunch of like baby TikTok stuff and like crafty stuff that comes up when she opens the app. When I open the app, I get like a lot of tools and like DIY projects and recovery. Okay. So it it they definitely... Pay attention to what you're watching and what you're liking, and then send you more of that, so you'll spend more time on the app.
3: I'm two or three weeks behind on Grey's Anatomy, so I don't have time to even watch that, let alone other
0: crap. Oh, don't say that too loud, or your TikTok will become a Grey's Anatomy feed.
1: My wife loves Grey's Anatomy. Every time I come home from work, she's she's on an episode. I'm like, haven't you seen this? She's like, yeah, three times. I'm watching it again. I'm like what?
3: Well, there's new ones out now. Yeah,
1: psyched. yeah, yeah. And I'm behind.
3: Can't that's have okay. That, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it is what it is.
0: That's it. <laughs> yeah. Life on life's terms.
3: Yeah, I think I gave up. That's the only TV show I still have. I think.
0: I've never seen a single episode of Grey's Anatomy. Right. I'm with you. On. I mean, it seems like it's sort of a rom com show. Yeah. That's not my preferred genre of television.
3: Well, I mean, yeah.
1: We, we just finished uh, Yellowstone, and uh, we just watched it this year, and we binge-watched it for like a month, and we watched every single episode, and it was incredible.
0: I started it. My wife doesn't like it, so I... I can only watch it when she's not home. Oh, I so have several good. shows. I have all these shows that she calls boy shows. It's pretty okay. much anything with, with violence or in, pretty much anything that's entertaining. I like your <laughs> wife. I really like her. I do too. <laughs> we don't agree. We don't necessarily agree on all the TV shows, though.
3: I can't stand like like comedy that's like has no point either that's you know like
0: all comedy has a point to make you No, play. there's some that's like
3: slapstick like just stupid and it's just not funny but people i don't maybe i'm just i, I don't get it Mm-mm-mm. like when people used to watch be the Butthead head and the simpsons i just don't get it
1: uh I think Beavis and Butthead came out when I was in high school. So I I think I watched it in high school. But it's funny how when you go back and watch things 10, 15 years later, you're like, really? Like, I I was into this? But, you know, what you're into changes all the time. Mm -hmm. Except for music. I still like the same music and older music and different music.
0: And same in in recovery, too, though. I mean, like, there's some albums that I have memories tied to of drug use and i don't listen to those anymore there's movies that i don't really watch anymore i like i loved fear and loathing in las vegas when i was using and i Uh, watched it once in recovery and it i mean it i I guess it's still a good movie but that just wasn't the draw like there was before
1: it doesn't hit the same no no it's funny that you said that because i was driving home today and um comfortably numb came on by pink floyd and the first thing I remember is my senior year doing acid and smoking pie and like loving them. i mean, I still like the song, but I remember like just listening to every drum and every guitar and like really being into it and I'm driving and I'm listening to it. And I remember all the words and I'm singing it, but I, I was just like, man, this is just different now. It just really is different now. And, uh, that, that's with a lot of things you know when I was in my deep depression and I, I wanted to not live anymore I listened to a bunch of different sad songs and I've heard them or listened to them recently in recovery and my perspective on the songs had just changed you know what I mean and I kind of I mean, I kind of turned them. I turned them off halfway through. I was like, I just don't want to be in that mindset anymore. You know, it just didn't fulfill me the way that it did during the time that I needed that song.
3: Oh yeah, I feel that with breakup music. Like, you know, there's definitely like a time when you need breakup music or gym music too. I had gym like lists too I yes. like pump you up and make you want to work out, and then you know, the man hater songs when you're breaking up. So I, I
2: feel,
1: I feel, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, one of the uh, staff members at the uh, rehab said, you know, everybody deserves a sad song, but you only get two, two in a row. And if you listen to two sad songs in a row, change it up because, you know, you can, everybody's got, yeah, you, know, you got to have emotions. You got to have feelings. You got to be sad every once in a while to think about some things, but She's like two. Limit yourself to two back-to-back sad songs and then switch it. I'm oh, it wasn't continue.
3: sad. It wasn't sad. Like one was a Demi Lovato song. It definitely wasn't sad.
0: It, they're she's, angry songs.
1: Yeah, she's got some songs. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you gonna
0: you gonna share your playlist with us?
3: I don't know. I wonder if anyone can guess what the Demi Lovato song is.
0: We'll, we'll I, play I some trivia what, in the comments. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know her songs. I was gonna I say if like, I knew I them would I would guess.
1: Song.
3: Let's see what we see what we get in the comments. Anyone I got have, I think have any guesses? Wife,
0: does my wife listen to Demi Lovato? I don't know.
3: I mean this is a little while ago, but it's not recent.
1: My daughter's into uh Billy Eilish big time. And I don't know any of her songs, but she sings them all the time. I'm like, I, I just, I don't know. Sorry, honey. She's like, isn't this song cool? I'm like, I guess. I just, it's not for me.
0: So my wife is a Demi Lovato fan. Okay.
1: And she's another one who's gone through a lot of addiction and, and mental illness problems. Who spoke spoke out about it.
0: Yeah. We watched the documentary or little mini series a few months back that she put out.
1: Okay. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Huh?
3: I mean, I think it's different, you know, she's in a different place now than she was then. And she, yeah, but it's, you know, I think she was real at the time. I think it was where she was at at the time. I don't, by the time it came out, I don't think she was still in that same place, but no.
1: Right, and that's the gift of of uh, graduating and, and learning about yourself and moving on, not staying in the same place, staying st- stagnant.
0: Oh, Ashley posted a YouTube link. What is that? To is that your sad Demi song?
3: It's not sad.
1: Your, your sorry, you not sorry song? Okay, I've heard that song. Okay.
0: I don't know if I know that one, and we probably can't play it on the broadcast without getting in trouble. It's a copywritten song. Oh, am I allowed to post the link or no? You can post the link. I'm just We can't mm. play the audio oh. on, on here. Otherwise, I would play the song so other people can know it. I'm sure everybody else knows it. I just don't know Demi.
3: Here <laughs> I said, dang it, I
0: should guess. That was the first guest, Yeah. That's funny. I just like putting the I just like putting the picture up there because they got the, the little matching hats on.
3: Oh no, your daughter's so cute. Very she's,
1: cute.
0: She's ridiculous, man. And she's on. She's right there where she's about to start walking, and I know that things are about to change dramatically in the house. Yes. She's at the point where she can stand up on her own without holding anything. She'll just stand there, and then, then she falls. And then just any day now, she's gonna put one foot out and just start, and then it's game over.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> are 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 your drawers? All the doors have to be locked.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, she knows she's cute.
0: Yeah, she does know she's cute.
1: That's okay. Let her enjoy it. I am moving for one second, excuse me. Okay. The wife is telling me that the grandson has to go to sleep, so I have to change atmosphere.
0: Oh uh, hey, if you need to go, we can we can wrap things up. We're at our, we're already at an hour and forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. And, and but it's dinner time. It is. I'm I'm hungry. It's almost nine o'clock.
3: It is almost ten o'clock.
1: Ooh. Yes, it's nine forty seven right me Me too absolutely yeah so if uh if we don't mind yeah let's do that because uh she's texted me twice in the last 30 seconds now
0: that's that's your sign sir that is your sign (laughs) awesome happy life
3: happy life let's let him go (laughs) that's
0: That's it awesome well i have a few closing comments um but tim thank you for coming on man i know it was kind of last minute um I don't think we said it on the air, but we had you scheduled for June, and then um, tonight's guest wasn't able to make it, and so we did a little switcheroo, and Tim was available, so thank you for hopping on here at the last minute, man. We we do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad I was available. The timing was actually perfect, because I was just getting home, and I was like, oh, wait, that's in an hour. It gives me time to eat, take a shower, and, and
0: come on, so I appreciate it. Nice. You man. did all
3: the things we didn't do.
1: You were <laughs> way more prepared,
3: and we knew we were coming. <laughs>
2: So,
0: yeah. Awesome, man. Well, if you'd like, do you want to shout out your Instagram or any kind of social media or anything if people are interested in connecting with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if they want to follow me, I'm at T-Login on Instagram. That's, like, my main platform. I, I'm on Facebook, but it's mainly, like, my family and stuff like that. But uh, on my Instagram, I talk about recovery. I show my journey of uh, fitness and and diet and exercising and just spreading the word of, of uh, sobriety, recovery, and being grateful for my newly found life of, uh, of sobriety.
0: Awesome.
3: Well, congratulations on that year.
1: Thank you so much.
3: I'm yeah. glad you're here.
0: I need I need to edit the the show description because I used the one from when you were on my show a little while back, and so on the show description it says 11 and a half months sober. So I uh oh, and after I posted that I was like, wait, that's kind of old. I think he's just celebrated his year, and yeah. I didn't. But it, I was so frantically like trying to change everything over <laughs> because it was so last minute that I didn't I didn't do it, but I'll fix it.
1: Yes, I earned that. I earned it. You did. Say <laughs> it. You did it. Right.
3: You need to fix it.
0: (laughs) I will fix it. (laughs) He earned it. I will fix it. Thank you. All right. So in our closing stuff, we have the broken chains apparel t-shirt design contest is still going to be going on through the end of the month. So if you have a t-shirt design that you want to submit, you still have a couple of, couple of days left to do that. It is pinned to the top of the recovery revolution Facebook page. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and jump over to the recovery revolution page and click on that link. Or if you just want to see the designs that have been submitted, there is a section where you can see the designs. You can vote on the designs, give some thumbs up to the ones you like. So be sure to do that. And David from broken Change is going to be picking a winner. They're going to get their design on a t-shirt. They're going to get a $25 Amazon gift card. And he's also going to list you credit you on the website as the designer of that shirt. So that's pretty cool. If you have some designs uh, that you want to see on a shirt, you can submit those and hopefully you can win. Uh, If you guys would like to send us an audio message, you can do so at speak to us slash RRL. And um, we can play those on the show. We are also now on YouTube. We've been on YouTube for, I think about six weeks or so now. So if you aren't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. That'll help us out as we try to grow our audience and spread the message of recovery. Um, Ashley, do you have any announcements? I don't think I have anything else besides those couple things.
3: No, I don't think I do. They can always email us any comments or suggestions at our first name at Recovery is it dash revolution.org?
0: You got it, and there's David in the comments talking to us about some awesome designs that have already been submitted. So, if you guys have more, be sure to get those in because the contest is coming to an end at the end of March. I think it actually, I think the I can't remember if it ends on at the end of March or if it's April 1. I can't remember if it's the 31st or the 1st. Um, but it's right there at the end of the month. So go ahead and get those designs in if you have not already.
3: i happy St. Patrick's Day. We hope happy
0: St. Patrick's Day. We hope you all get lucky or
3: you, you are lucky or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to take that.
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And thank you again to Tim for coming on the show tonight. It was an absolute pleasure having you on, man. You are an awesome individual, and I appreciate you coming on. And as always, guys, remember, it is progress, not perfection. Oh, before I close, there there we go from David. Uh, it is 11.59 on March 31st. So, yeah, you have until the end of the month to get those designs in. So time is ticking, guys. If you would like to be in that contest, be sure to get on that. It is pinned to the top of the Facebook page. All right, now the closing line. Progress, not perfection. See you guys next week.